What's going on, guys? And welcome to the eighth episode of the Eagles Gauntlet podcast. And I'm joined by my co-host, Samuel Goldberg. How are we doing, Sam? You know, can't complain. We're back at it again, episode eight. Diving in on to our... Taking a look at the uh, defense here for the Philadelphia Eagles. We did the offense in the previous episode. Make Make sure to go check that out. And... Yeah, we'll be taking a look at the defense, kind of seeing what we got, what we're going to work with uh, this upcoming season, and just kind of our predictions for the uh, upcoming year with this defense. Yeah, be sure to check out the offensive video. We had some bold predictions. Uh, somebody here said Jalen Hurts can be a dark horse MVP. I won't say who that was, but uh, yeah, it was a great episode. But looking at this defense, Sam, we have maybe the best defensive tackle room in football, led by Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave, and the third-round draft pick, Milton Williams. What do you take of this defensive tackle room, and how do you think they could impact this defense? So uh, just looking at this on paper, um, obviously, obviously, I mean, I'll start things off saying the quarterback situation, it isn't the best. However, with the defensive tackle and just the defensive line as a whole, uh, it honestly, the Kerrigan signing also was pretty huge as well. But just looking at the defensive tackle uh, position, if they can generate enough pressure to get to the quarterback and just kind of stuff the stuff the running lanes, the, there will be there will be some good things happening this year for this for this Eagles team. It all just depends on how this front four plays. But uh, just with Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave leading the way, absolutely love those two guys in the middle. Clog up a lot of room. And they don't have, and they don't have bad replacements right behind them in uh, T.Y. McGill and Hassan Ridgeway. And then you might even see Milton Williams hop up in that second man role as well when they need a break. So, and Marlon uh, Tupatulo, uh, I love. There's they, they he could also step in as well. There's so many options here on this defensive tackle line. They're young, hungry guys to make an impact on this team. And yeah, they just need to get to the quarterback, generate some pressure. What affects the quarterback the most is pressure from the middle. When teams collapse the middle of the offensive line, quarterbacks, they don't do well. They fumble, they get sacked, they throw interceptions, they make bad reads, bad things happen. For the quarterback, great things for defenses when teams generate pressure from the inside, from that defensive tackle room. We saw it. In that Super Bowl, Brandon Graham on the strip sack with Tom Brady, a defensive tackle. If not, not the Brandon Graham's defensive tackle, he would slid into the inside there. But for defensive tackles with those swim moves, they can get to the quarterback so quick. And when you have two guys like Cox and Hargrave, who are two of the best in the NFL, that can really do great things for this defense. And Millen Williams is a great young prospect that can really develop into something. And Marlon Tuipoloto, he is a run stuffer. Daniel Jeremiah called him an ox in the middle of a defense. Nobody can move him. He's a guy you plug in there on third and shorts. He will clog up the middle of an offensive line. So I'm excited to see what this interior of this defense can do. One person that's kind of been a little underwhelming for me since his time here, since being drafted by the Philadelphia Eagles, is Derek Burnett. I feel like he really hasn't lived up to that expectations that we all expected him to have coming into Tennessee. Um, I really feel like he needs to have a big year here uh, for the Eagles, or I think he's out the door after this season. Um, like, like Derek Barnett, like 
Derek Barnett just sometimes like you can't get past that offensive lineman. And it's kind of concerning to see, uh, especially because we went, he's a first round draft pick. We drafted Derek Barnett over two star corners like Jair Alexander and Tredavious White, who were two of the best young corners in the NFL, arguably two top five cornerbacks. That really has been a meme in Philadelphia. And don't get me wrong, no Super Bowl without Derek Barnett on that fumble recovery. We just talked about the strip sack by Brandon Graham. But Derek Barnett, he is a high motor and he is physical. He plays strong. But he's not this prolific edge rusher that we are paying him to be and we drafted him to be. The contract we could be looking at in the offseason is a three-year, $35 million extension. And if he does not have a massive year, that contract, it's not going to happen. Derek Barnett is most likely either traded or just walks in free agency, get a conditional draft pick. Because Josh Sweat is also a free agent this year. Sweat is younger. And in my opinion, Josh Sweat is a better player. And Josh Sweat's potential is way higher than Derek Barnett's. Yeah, Derek Barnett, like he should easily be a nine sack guy every year. Like he should be in double digit sacks. And he has he hasn't even come close. His highest his highest amount of sacks he got was in 2019. That's six and a half sacks. I mean he needs to be he needs to get double digit sacks this year. Like he hasn't lived up to the expectations of a first round draft pick from Tennessee that we expected him to be. And and it's showing. I mean he can't really generate enough pressure. The guy that's behind him, however, Josh Sweat, I feel like he's a much better option. He can, you can sign up for cheaper plus and in, in literally in his time with the Eagles so far, right? In 2018, uh, he played not, he didn't have any sacks. Okay. And 2019, he improved getting four sacks. And in 2020, he really showed some versatility. He had six sacks on the year, uh, more than Derek Burnett, who was a starter. I mean, I love Josh Sweat. Josh Sweat's a cheaper option, and he gets a hell of a lot more pressure than Derek Barnett does onto a quarterback. I just really – he's he also forced three fumbles in 2020 as well, something that Derek Barnett really hasn't done. In all honesty, I'd rather see Josh Sweat start over Derek Barnett. And Derek Barnett needs to prove to me that he wants to stay here in Philadelphia this upcoming season. One thing to note about Josh Sweat, He was the number one rated player in high school besides having a nasty break in his leg. Really has not been the same player since this past season. Was drafted in the fourth round as a experimental player. If he becomes something, great. If he doesn't, there's really no loss there. That's what day three draft picks are. Josh Sweat has become something, and he was one of Hallie Roseman's best draft picks. He's only 23. His contract is expiring. But Josh Sweat has the potential to be a prolific edge rusher with his strength, quickness. He blows defensive ends off the line of scrimmage. He blew Trent Williams off the line of scrimmage in the chart in the uh, 49ers game. My bad. Josh Sweat only played under 50% of the snaps last year due to coming back from an injury. That was his first full year of football since college. I do think Josh Sweat can be a 10 plus sack guy. When you have a defense that has guys like Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave, so much attention goes to those two guys on the inside. Josh Sweat can easily one-on-one beat his man. 
he's great blowing him off the line of scrimmage, getting around the outside. If he could develop a inside kind of jab back move, Joshua could really see a big season ahead of him. Yeah, and honestly, I really think this Josh Sweat could potentially become a starter halfway through the year if Dar- if Derek Barnett fails to do anything for this Eagles team. Because I know Gannon, he he wants to win, and he wants to win with his defense. And I think he'll do the moves necessary to make sure that the Eagles can win. And putting Josh Sweat ahead of Derek Barnett, that's if that's what they got to if that's what Gannon's got to do, that's what Gannon's got to do. I would not be shocked if Joshua is a day one starter over Derek Barnett. And honestly, based on last season, I would do it. Joshua is the most valuable edge rusher on this team. Brandon Graham is probably the best right now, but he is 33 and he has maybe another year left in the tank. I think this year is when we see Brandon Graham start to have a lesser role. But I do think the Eagles need to move on from Derek Barnett. And they'll have two, potentially three first-round draft picks with the Colts' conditional second-rounder. There's guys like Kayvon Thibodeau, who I think is the best player in the class. I don't know if we get him. If we're bad enough to get him, that's not great. But there are many good edge rushers in this upcoming class, like Tyreek Smith from Ohio State that the Eagles could get. And I do think they should draft an edge rusher in the first round if they don't have both Barnett and Sweat back, which I think it's unrealistic to have both back. We're going to have to choose between one of the two. Mm-hmm. And uh, moving on here, I want to talk about the linebackers because uh, honestly, this linebacking core, if you look at it, it's not that bad. There is some room for improvement with this linebacking core. Like they did sign Eric Wilson. They have Alex Singleton. But my biggest concerns are the backups when they need, when the linebackers need rest. Like, I really don't know how Davion Taylor is going to turn out. TJ Edwards is okay. He's not the greatest player. Um, Jannard Avery, again, not the greatest player. And then Sean Bradley, I mean, he's okay. I, I mean, besides Wilson and Singleton, I really don't know, like, what this linebacking core is going to be. When, when you look at the linebackers last year, they were awful. That was because we had Nathan Gary and Duke Riley, who were two of the worst linebackers in football. I don't see their name on the depth chart. I don't think uh, Eric Wilson, I don't think that star linebacker is going to be as bad as either of the two. And same thing with Alex Singleton. So I really do like the linebackers here. Jim Schwartz is awful with linebackers. He put them in awful positions did not use them correctly. The linebackers and Gannon's defense are going to be improved. Now, I don't think we're going to win with our linebackers like San Francisco does with Fred Warner and the Colts do with Darius Leonard and Devin White does in Tampa Bay. But I do think our linebackers are going to be very good and very solid, but we're not investing a lot in the linebackers. They're going to be solid. We invest a lot in the front four. The offense, we're an offensive team. That's our specialty. That's what our specialty is going to be. Our front four is elite. If the back seven of this defense holds up, which we'll talk about the secondary here in a second, I think this team could be very good. And one player people are very much underrating is Sean Bradley. He's very good in coverage. When he played last year, he looked very good. Jim Shorts just didn't play Sean Bradley. He has a problem against playing rookies for some reason. 
Jim Schwartz is a very old style kind of guy that does not like to adjust. Same thing with Doug Peterson. This Eagles defense under Jonathan Gannon will adjust a lot because Gannon's a guy that likes to change things a lot for the best scenario. He likes to put his players in great scenarios and situations. So I really think Sean Bradley could be a guy that could be a fourth linebacker on this team. But there's another linebacker, Sam, that I know you really like and I really like. Yeah, and you even have an article out on uh, Philadelphia Sports Today about him, uh, calling him the next Jamal Adams. Those words are a little clickbaity there, but I do think he will play a similar, similar role in Philadelphia. That player being Jacoby Stevens. What do you like about him that uh, you compare him to the next Jamal Adams? What, what do you like about Jacoby Stevens? Well, Jacoby Stevens at LSU was considered a tweener. Too big and too slow to play safety, which is correct. Too small to play linebacker, which is wrong. Jacoby Stevens, 6'2", 230. Guys like Darius Leonard and Fred Warner, who are the two best linebackers in the NFL, and they have been that way for the last couple of years, they are just about the same size as Jacoby Stevens. Jacoby Stevens runs a 4'5", which for a linebacker, that is fast. He's not some Devin White, Mika Parsons type linebacker, but he's great around the line of scrimmage. He's great matching up man on man against tight ends. And I think the reason he fell to the sixth round was because he had to go up against guys like CeeDee Lamb and Devontae Smith, where he got picked apart constantly against some of the best receivers in the country. And Nick Sirianni put Gannon on a spot in a press conference saying, Jacoby Stevens will not be playing against wide receivers saying Stevens just won't do that. That's not what Stevens is meant to do. I kind of like that comparison. Um, you know, just kind of just kind of giving that breakdown of Jacoby Stevens. I mean, honestly, we really don't know what he'll turn into. Like, we really don't know if he'll actually get playing time this year. We don't know if he'll actually have a role. I mean, we, we don't know what he'll turn into. I mean, hopefully he can turn into a potential player uh, for this Eagles team. I know you're really high on him. Um, we'll we'll see what uh, we'll see what he how how he progresses here in camp and see if he actually puts a smile on some of the some of the coaches' faces uh, in camp. And I think Jannard Avery is that hybrid edge rusher that can drop into coverage with Davion Taylor and Patrick Johnson. I think those will be the guys filling that kind of role. Avery in the San Francisco game was dynamic, pressured the quarterback like crazy. Besides that, Jim Schwartz didn't play him all year. In a 4-3, two edge rushers, you had four edge rushers that'll play. Jannard Avery was the fifth edge rusher there. He just was not going to play behind Brandon Graham, Derek Barnett, Josh Sweat, and Vinnie Curry. So I think Avery in a more hybrid defense will get some snaps. And I, I hope Jannard Avery turns into something because a fourth-round draft pick could have been used on a guy that could be a starter. So I guess now we'll transition here to uh, kind of the more questionable area uh, for this defense here, kind of that back four, your corners and safeties. And I'm not really con that concerned about the safeties. We have guys like Anthony Harris, Andrew Adams, Kavon Wallace could have a bigger role this year. Also Rodney McLeod. Uh, I think I'll have a nice breakout year this year as well. Rodney McLeod, uh, not a big Marcus Epps guy. I don't, I, he's just, a plug and play guy. If you have an injury, he's, he's nothing special, but 
the safeties, I mean, I'm really not that too concerned about. It's kind of the corners uh, that give me some potential worry. Um, you have guys like Kevontae Maddox who can cover. I mean, however, he does get beat off the ball a lot, and he his man coverage isn't all that good. But, I mean, and then right behind him is uh, Craig James. So uh, that's a big that's a big question mark. I know they drafted Zach McPherson. I like Zach McPherson. I think he'll become a starter. Uh probably week four or five, but um, again, Darius Slay, I like, I mean, Darius Slay, I mean, obviously he's Darius Slay. That's like, that's fine. But our number two and three guy, <laughs> we don't know who we got. <laughs> well, first off, I'm going to talk about the safeties to get the, get them out of the way. We have two of the best cover safeties in football and Anthony Harris and Rodney McLeod. Both are two of the best cover safeties. Great in zone. I think we'll play a lot of double high zone, cover two, double high safeties. So that'll be very hard for defenses to beat us over the top with a front four if they can create constant pressure. And the linebackers, if they can play a cover two role, kind of spy the quarterback and drop into coverage, that'll be nice. Cover the middle of the field, be some rover guys. That'll be nice. But the cornerbacks, this is what worries me. Darius Slay is going to be the outside guy. I assume Hosea Scott and Avante Maddox will be in the slot. But if we have to play another slot corner as an outside number two corner and match them up against Tolio Jones or Calvin Ridley's or the C.D. Lambs or the Michael Gallup's or Amari Cooper's of the world, that's going to be a nightmare. We play teams with a lot of great receivers. In the first six games of the year, we play six teams in the first six games of the year that have pro bowl level receivers. So I'm worried about that. If we roll a guy like Hosea Scott or Avante Maddox or McPherson out as the number two corner, that's scary. Don't get me wrong. They'll be good slot corners and good safety hybrid guys. They're not number two corners. We need to fill that void now. And I think Steven Nelson, who you're a big Steven Nelson advocate we could see Zach Ertz on the move, which I don't think that happens. I don't think we get Steven Nelson with the Ertz reports coming out that Ertz is not going anywhere. I don't think we have the money for Steven Nelson. But the Eagles need to do something there. The number two corner position is scary. And if Darius Slay gets hurt, which knock on wood, he doesn't get hurt. But you always have to think of injuries in the National Football League because it's a gladiator sport. you got to have guys that can come in and be backups. And I think at pretty much every position, the drop-off isn't that big. Linebackers, yeah, Eric Wilson and Alex Singleton. But the drop-off isn't that big. I think corners, Darius Slay can mask, mask the cornerback position a lot. But if he does get hurt, he is on the wrong side of 30. I hope he doesn't get hurt. But we don't have any depth at that position. And I think the number two and number three guys, like we saw against Dallas, I think they're just going to get abused all night. Yeah, it's not gonna. It's not gonna be good. I mean, I. I mean, today though, um, Trayon Johnson took a pay cut, so that added uh, that added a little bit of money now towards our salary cap. And I believe he said at eight million dollars now in salary cap money. With that being said, I know Stephen Nelson is kind of looking in between five to seven million. I would say offer him a one-year six million dollar deal. And you still got two million left in cap space. And see what happens, because it 
you need a corner. You need to go. You need to go get one. There's no question about it. I'm a big Steven Nelson guy. I, I, I do think if um, if the Steelers don't do that move, Steven Nelson would be on that. Steven Nelson would still be on that team. I mean, you can't rely on the front four to generate enough pressure every game that the corners don't have to worry because you can't just rely on six guys to go and get the quarterback every single down because you're obviously going to get tired. They're going to get tired, and and then these corners are going to get exposed. All it takes is one play for the course of a game to change. And with these corners, one play sure as heck looks (laughs) – it looks quite possible. I think with the corners – I think, like I said, I think we're going to see a lot of cover two, but I think teams will march right down the field against us in the intermediate game and target those corners. So that kind of really does concern me, but we, we cannot rely on the front four like we have the last five years under Jim Schwartz. Yeah, we won a Super Bowl that year, but we had an elite run game to keep the ball out of the opposing team's hands. I just don't think our corner situation is great. We need to upgrade there. And I know we're looking at the 2022 draft class here, but Derek Stingley is a guy that I would love in Midnight Green, along along with Kyra Lum from Florida. Those are two guys that are great corners, especially Stingley, who's a world-class corner, and he's the best corner prospect I've seen since Patrick Sertain, who's the best corner prospect I've seen since Jalen Ramsey. So I really am excited and potentially Thibodeau, Stingley, those are dreams, but they're not unrealistic. If Jalen Hurts is the guy, we don't have to waste capital on a quarterback because we have our quarterback on a cheap deal. Only $1 million a year. Hurts would probably get a $4 million pay raise to be around $5 million. doesn't matter too much. We have the cap space. Go get a guy like Derek Stingley or somebody if the Eagles don't draft a corner in the first round next year, if we if we don't go after a quarterback, I think there's a problem. Also, another guy I want to be opposed to, to them signing at cornerback, and I know I'm probably going to get some hate for this. I wouldn't mind Richard Sherman uh, coming in, signing on a three, four million dollar deal to come play for a year here, because. I think Richard Sherman could literally step in and be better than everybody on the, in this cornerback list except Darius Slay. I don't think you should get any hate for that at all. He's better than everybody else on this corner depth chart besides Slay. He's not what he used to be. He's not what he was even two years ago, but he is a starter in the NFL. And with a cover two look, that's where Richard Sherman thrives. He provides veteran experience and he's a guy that, shores it up and just at least gives us breathing room mm-hmm. so Richard Sherman would be a good option I, I just we need to do something at corner because I just think if our corners going into next year or like this with Slay getting a year older things will be 10 times worse than what they are now Exactly. And I kind of just want to move on to uh, one quick point here, special teams. Uh, Jake Elliott needs to perform better uh, than he has been the past couple of seasons. He's been uncharacteristically off. 
uh, with just making kicks. And honestly, we could see a new kicker in Philadelphia if Jake Elliott doesn't perform. Jake Elliott has not been uncharacteristically off. He has been characteristically off because he's not a good kicker. He made that one kick and against the Giants, and he made this two great kicks in the Super Bowl. Besides that, he's a bad kicker. I'm sorry. Jake Elliott is just not a good kicker. Awful at PATs. He'll hit the long shot once at a time, and then Philly goes crazy saying, we have Jake Elliott, the great kicker. Blah, blah, blah. But Jake Elliott's contract is atrocious. You look at his contract, we cut him. We lose $4 million in cap space. Why is Jake Elliott getting a $5 million contract is beyond me, plus another $4 million if we cut him because of the bonus. That. Why is an awful kicker that made one kick getting that much? That's flabbergasting. I swear. Like, you sign a kicker to a long-term deal, and then they just start to suck because they know you can't cut them. That's why I think kickers should only just be getting one-year deals so they can so they prove them, so that, like, so they can actually perform and actually stay on a roster. I can't stand a kicker getting a multi-year deal and then all of a sudden just not making kicks. Like, that is literally your only job, to come in and make kicks. Yes, I know it is hard to kick a ball over six, seven, 300-pound linemen, uh, trying to kick it over them, trying to kick it into a tiny space. I get that. But you've been practicing all your life doing that. Like, at least make a lot of the shorter kicks. Like, Jay Elliott has really missed, like, a lot of short kicks, and it's really concerning going forward. The only kicker that should get a multi-year deal is Jordan Tucker for the Ravens. Besides that, one-year deals for every single kicker because we can go out and get a kicker that can perform, and kickers need to be hungry. Once they get their money, they're not football players. They just dip out. Bye. They, they really don't care. If I'm being fully honest, there's very few kickers that care on a year-to-year basis. Jordan Tucker is one of them. Well, he ain't going anywhere. He's staying in Baltimore for the next 10 years. Yeah, and uh, also this past offseason as well, uh, Kim Johnson uh, was released from the team, which was uh, kind of surprising. Johnson has a big leg. I'm surprised that uh, he's no longer the punter. But uh, Aaron Sipos, uh, I mean, I saw a couple highlights on this guy, and good Lord, does he have a daddy of a leg. I mean – this man can bomb the ball 70 yards on a punt. Like this guy has an incredible leg. So we'll, we'll, we'll see if he can, uh, if he can bomb some balls here uh, for the upcoming season. Yeah. We'll, we'll see what Aaron Sipas can do this upcoming year. But Sam, before we end this episode, episode eight of the Eagles goal podcast, I want to get your predictions For this Eagles defense, who will be starting at the positions? Let's not make any acquisitions of this base roster right now. Who would you start? All right. So my starting starting four uh, for the linemen, uh, day one, first game of the season. Uh, My right defensive end, I would go Derek Barnett. Defensive tackle, Javon Hargrave. I would go Fletcher Cox. And then Brandon Graham as our starting four. There uh, at linebacker for the three linebackers, I would go Alex Singleton, Eric Wilson, and their third guy. I would 
pick Gennard Avery. I like I like them three the best. At corner, obviously, you have Darius Slay as your number one guy. Number two would have to be Avante Maddox. And then your number three guy, stay out there. Yikes. <laughs> Zach McPherson, um, maybe? I don't think Zach McPherson is a day one starter. I think we'll go with Craig James. And then at safety, at safety, it's, it's got to be uh, Anthony Harris or Kavon Wallace. We'll see in that starting position day one. So my predictions for if the Eagles roster stay the same, which it won't, Howie Roseman's going to make moves. He always does. But based on this current roster, up front, Josh Wett at the right defensive end position. Opposite of him, Brandon Graham on the inside. I got Hargrave and Cox. Really, I just think Sweat is better than Barnett, and I think Sweat has earned that role based on last year and everything that we're hearing in camp at linebackers. TJ Edwards and Alex Singleton, by far, that third linebacker. So what is our defense going to look like? Is it a 3-4 hybrid where we have a guy that can drop into coverage like Jannard Avery? Or is it a guy that's going to be playing as a third true linebacker is the question. Assuming what we have been assuming and what we're hearing is that it's a 3-4 hybrid, I think Jannard Avery is the guy because he can rush the passer. That's what he does the best. And he has the athletic ability to drop into coverage and be solid in coverage, play around the line of scrimmage. But I think Jacoby Stevens gets a lot of snaps. But right now, I think it is Jannard Avery. I'm going to skip the corners for now and go to safeties. Anthony Harris and Rodney McLeod, by far. McLeod said he'll be back for week one, said his rehab is going great. One of the best safety duos, top five in the NFL, by far. McLeod and Anthony Harris at safety. At corner, obviously, Darius Slay, no-brainer. Best corner on our team, one of the best in the NFL. If the Eagles don't start Darius Slay, which they will, there's something wrong with this organization. I don't know why. There's no reason to not. So Darius Slay, uh, the number one corner position. Opposite Darius Slay, this is where it gets interesting. There are three guys that I could look at. Zach McPherson, Hosea Scott, and Avante Maddox. If this roster stays the same, I think Maddox is the number two. And I think Hosea Scott and Zach McPherson fight it out for that slot. I think McPherson is more of a slot third safety hybrid. And that's what I'd like Zach McPherson, Zach McPherson, my bad, to be in the NFL. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, there's some, there's, there's a lot of flexibility with these guys. It's just, they're not really and. <laughs> tell caliber players they are just kind of all right you're gonna go here and hope for the best <laughs> there are solid depth players behind slay maybe mcpherson can be something they're good players but they're not starters in the nfl and that's what worries me so i do think the eagles need to upgrade that second corner position opposite slay and potentially even the third corner because injuries do happen in the nfl well i'll tell you, it's been a pleasure uh, doing today's episode with you. Um, again, this defense, God, I pray to God that they actually do something this year. Again, the Ryan Kerrigan signing was huge. Uh, it, it provides an added depth to get more pressure on the quarterback, but 
you know, that's all for me. I don't know if you got anything else to say. Uh, go for it. <laughs> I just want to say thank you guys for listening to the eighth episode of the Eagles Going With podcast, where Sam and I talk about our predictions that may look awful in one year. And we, we may be saying we don't know why we said that. But hey, that's the glory of what we do. But anyway, thank you guys for listening to today's episode. And we will see you in the ninth episode of the Eagles Gauntlet podcast, where we start to dip into fantasy football with fantasy football season coming up. That will be exciting. See you guys later. Bye.